E.B. White, author of Charlotte's Web in 1948, wrote an essay entitled Here is New York about his complex love for this city. Over the last 70 plus years, this city has changed, yet White's observations continue to resonate. This is Bar Crawl Radio, and today we're talking with Evelyn Cantor, TV news reporter and guidebook writer, and we're going to be talking about her new book, relatively new, right? Last year. Last year, okay. 100 Things to Do in New York City Before You Die. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. I am Rebecca McCain with my BCR co-host, Alan Winson. We are sitting in a newly installed bench under the magnificent Joan of Arc statue. What a beautiful day it is. It really is. Yeah, I there's mean, Joan right above us. Especially since yesterday was not so beautiful. It's good to have a nice well, day to do this. Evelyn picked a good day. And she is one of the few female statues in yes, New York City. Yes, yes, We have a new one in Central Park that was installed last year also. And to I, we interviewed her. We talked to her. Recently. Yeah. Recently, yeah. the sculptor. And I, it's the Joan of Arc statue. I don't think I had said that. And this was sculpted by a woman, too. Right, exactly. We're on Riverside Drive and West 93rd Street in the greatest city in the whole wide world. Yay! And here we go. <laughs> Evelyn Cantor has a degree in journalism from the University of Missouri. She was the consumer reporter on WABC-TV Eyewitness News and before that on WCBS Radio reporting on rip-offs and best buys. Evelyn Cantor has written for the New York Times, Post, and Daily News, as well as the Houston Post, and has rubbed elbows with Peter Jennings and Walter Cronkite. Welcome, Evelyn Cantor, to the BCR Outdoor Studio. Thank you, and I also rubbed elbows with Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel because they were the anchors of Eyewitness News. And I want nice. to talk to you about them and about <laughs> local news. Yeah, yeah. Are you from Missouri? Nope, I am from New York City. I grew up in Inwood, which is the very northern tip of Manhattan. Most people know Washington Heights, but they forget about Inwood. Inwood's a great neighborhood. It it's was it was a great neighborhood. It kind of slid for a while, and now it's a great neighborhood again. Again, yeah. Yeah. Before we started recording, we were talking about uh, University of Missouri and why you went there, though you were raised and lived in New York City forever. Why, so why Missouri? Missouri is the best school of journalism in the country. It is the Harvard of J schools. And I was lucky to be accepted. I was one of the, the out-of-state students there at the time. And to tell you what kind of J school this was, when I graduated, uh, my job interviews, I was in broadcast news because I had grown up with seeing uh, Chad Huntley and, and David Brinkley do Harvest of Shame and, and Edward R. Murrow, and I thought, that's what I want to do. And when I was graduating, I had interviews with Missouri graduates who were, at that time, the president of NBC News, the president of CBS Radio, news director of Westinghouse Broadcasting, which no longer exists, and the general manager of Associated Press. I started for Associated Press in New York five days after graduation because of Missouri. And there are so many, uh, so many people in the media are Mizzou graduates. You bump into them all the time. Okay, learn some Mizzou. Is Missouri still a good journalist college? Yeah, it still is. It, it, 
I think it's still the best. There are there are many more journalism and communications schools now. Syracuse has a good one. Northwestern is famous. Uh, there's the Cronkite School in in Arizona. Uh, so there's plenty of journalism and communication schools around. But but Mizzou is still the best. M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers! All right, all right. <laughs> Fantastic. Do, do, do you go to the reunions? Uh, I have. There haven't been many lately. I mean, there was there was a, yeah. yeah. I got to get back there. And you did broadcast uh, news I and was, writing. I and... was. Oh, I can't say that I was always in broadcast news, but that's how I started. And then when I uh, when I left my last broadcast job, I started writing for newspapers and magazines and. Then I started writing books, and now I publish two websites as well. And um, you're certainly. busy. I want to talk, ask you a little about local news because you were with some kind of the classic local New York news with yeah. uh, Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel and and, and, and Roseanne Scarmadella, Roseanne Scarmadella, otherwise known as Roseanne Rosanna Dana. Yep, she was the she was <laughs> the uh, yeah, template. She was the template for. Uh, Gilda Radner's character. Roseanne, Rosanna Dan. Yeah. And maybe a lot of our younger listeners won't know that, but look it up on YouTube. Yeah. It's hilarious. Respondent Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. But then I noticed that Princess Lee had a little teeny tiny piece of toilet paper sticking to the bottom of one of her Gucci shoes. She listen that she was just Walking around, up and down, that little piece of toilet paper just trailed behind her, wouldn't fall off. Well, let me tell you that I, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana, started to lose my appetite. And I yelled, hey, Princess Lee, take that toilet paper off your shoe. What are you trying to do, make me sick? Well, I don't get it. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to make me sick? Roseanne, get back to the point. Well, Jane. It just goes to show you, it's always something. Either you're depressed at Christmas or you got toilet paper hanging from your shoe. It's hilarious. And well, Gilda was, Radner was absolutely incredibly funny. Okay, one of my jobs, and this is, this is a you know, behind the scenes story. Um, I worked as a writer for NBC Radio for a while and, uh, and a producer. And we would have the internal feed of the show in rehearsal and it was fall down laughing because it was a rehearsal scenery would fall over people would bump into each other they would crack up because it was a rehearsal i'm trying to type the newscast i would crack up because i'm watching it on the internal feed and then and then you got to pull it together and then you the got to pull it yeah news. exactly wow wow you ever kick each other under the desk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a famous, I think, I forget who it was, one New York Channel, You maybe you know of it. A woman actually cursed her, the, 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 her co-anchor yeah, that was, off. That was, that was Channel 7, and I was sitting on the set about six feet from her when she did wow. it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty, it, plenty of stories. That's a whole other show. Okay. Let's, let's, right, let's talk right. about New York City. Yes, yes, that's a great idea. <laughs> and I had one more question. Did, did, did Roseanne be upset with Gilda Radner's takeoff of her? Uh, 
you know, I don't remember. I think she probably thought it was funny okay, because okay. It, it also made people tune in to see her right. on the, on the news, which right. helped, helped boost our ratings. Right. Yes. I remember watching local news, local New York news. I grew up in Miami and watched local news down there, but I don't watch it anymore. I wonder. I mean, is local news what it was? Uh, nothing is what it was. Well, this is true. <laughs> yeah, right? All right. All right. I, I, I have one more question, and that is, you must have been five when you met Walter Cronkite, because that was a while ago. Uh, that was a while ago. Um, also, I was, I was four when I met um, Huntley and Brinkley, uh -huh. and uh, maybe six when I was working with Peter Jennings, so... Yeah, it was a long time ago. Okay. Right. <laughs> Give me one thing about Walter Cronkite, because, I mean, he's like icon in my mind. Uh, uh, yeah. Gentlemen, uh, they, were all, they were all gentlemen. Jennings was a gentleman. Um, so were Huntley and Brinkley. And I was very young, so they were extremely nice to me. You know, the word is mentor. Yeah. They, plus... You know, having that Missouri journalism diploma stamped on my forehead, they knew I knew what I was doing. Before we get into your newest book, 100 Things to Do in New York City Before You Die, you put out a couple of websites for people visiting New York City. Mm -hmm. um, New York City on the cheap .com and Echo Explorer. Explorer. E Okay, that's my husband's typing. Oh, I yeah. always read what's there, and I should know better. It's NY. Ec it's NYC on the cheap. On the cheap, not right. New, not New York City. Oh, NYC, NYC right, on right, the right. cheap. Got it. Got it. NYC on the cheap dot com. Dot com. And, and what's the other one Echo Echo Explorer E C O X P L O R E R, and that's a direct outgrowth of the kinds of things that I was covering on Channel Seven all those years ago, which is um, smart spending on transportation and travel so it's uh it's where to go and how to how to get there without spending too much money and one of the places you should go is new york city um <laughs> on the cheap okay on, <laughs> on the cheap and there are, there are inexpensive things to do in new york city people don't realize how much free stuff there is in new york city there are museums that have no admission charge like the museum, National Museum of the American Indian, the Smithsonian in Lower Manhattan, mm -hmm. and the Hispanic Society uh, Museum in Washington Heights, which has one of the greatest collection of Goyas and Vasquezes outside of the Prado in, in Madrid. And it's an under-the-radar Museum. The American Crafts Museum is free. Those are museums. We got parks. We got concerts in the parks. Let's hope they come back this summer. Um, summer Stage, one word, Summer Stage, is a New York City parks program that puts on more than 100 concerts in, in different city parks all summer. It's a great city. When, when this pandemic finally goes away, we will have, please, uh, the return of the New York Philharmonic free oh, concerts please, in the parks, yeah. the return of the Metropolitan Opera free concerts in the parks. Shakespeare in the Park is coming back. That's free this summer to 2021. So there is plenty of free stuff. And of course, the people watching 
and the window shopping is always free. Yeah. Right, there you go. Great, great people watching. You're right, this city is amazing. And the Staten Island Ferry is free. Yeah. We, we raised our kids here in this city, and we were, you know, teachers and something else. I forget what I was, but... You were a guide. I was at all kinds of yeah. things. But we would we time. would um, just do everything free in the city because yeah. that's, you know, what we could yeah. afford. And we would, you know, seek out anything free for, to do with kids. Well, that's that's basically what the website is about. There's plenty of websites where you can, you can find stuff for hundreds of bucks. Um, I, I have a cutoff... It, it's 25 or less, $25 or less, um, and occasionally there's a splurge, a charity fundraiser, fundraiser, Mother's Day, you shouldn't be $25 or less, you should spend a little yeah, more, yeah, a little more you right, know, for mom. Right, honey. Yeah. <laughs> you're not my mother. Yeah, but you're, but you're paying the bill. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what is of special interest to me? Because, and we just talked about this before yeah, the show began. I just, I just bought a car. Uh, my, my really kind of my first car. I had a car when I was in college, so it was a big deal for me. And I know it's crazy to have a car in New York City, but I don't care. So of interest to me in your article is the cheapest gas prices in the city. I mean, really, is there any really cheap gas in Manhattan? It, gas is going up now because uh, it, there's just a problem with availability. More people are driving in New York, I think, now than they did before the pandemic because they're avoiding mass transportation that's my reason yeah so uh this uh this company gas buddy does a daily uh survey okay and finds the least expensive prices in in new york city and it's an app um you can use their app or you can find it on my website and then i you know google and my advertisers pay me a whole penny or something like that okay, if you okay. look at my website i will do if that if you look oh. at the website oh. nyc on, website. on the cheap thank you so much <laughs> we just celebrated cinco de mayo yep and you write about the best margarita happy hours in the city which do you recommend uh i like cantina tacaria or however it is pronounced up in harlem uh, there's two. Write it down, honey. Write it yeah. down. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Though. There's there's two of them. They they have. There's a great ambience. They've been there forever, um, and also Los Hermanos down in the in the village. In I think Soho. we've been there. I'm sure. Yeah. I sound so familiar. Yeah. 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 Good, brothers. good good margaritas. Yeah. You were telling me about margaritas in Mexico. Uh, ah, it was in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went to. It, of all things, it's called the Kentucky Club in Juarez. <laughs> I was with a group of friends in El Paso, and we decided to go to dinner in Juarez. We walked over the bridge, kept to pay 25 cents to walk over the bridge. You need to take your passport with you because you're... Please, yeah. You want to get back in. Yeah. Yeah. And we had... We had margaritas. Uh, they claim to have invented them there. And there's like 30 different kinds of margaritas on the menu. Stuff you've never heard of. I mean, uh, uh, passion fruit, uh, cactus flower margarita. <laughs> you know, wow. uh, just all, we gotta all, go. all kinds of stuff. And I mean, you'd be silly if, if you ordered anything else except, of course, Mexican beer. So I just want to say, nyconthecheap.com, check that out. We're here actually to talk about your book. Thank uh, you. That came out about a year ago. So let's explore that book, 100 New Things to 
not new things, 100 things to do in New York City before you die. Previously, I was talking about E.B. White. I just came across his essay, Here is New York. And he wrote that, quote, to bring New York down to a date, a man would have to publish with the speed of light, meaning the city is constantly changing. It's also not changing. It's like it's changing fast and not changing. And a book on things to do here would need to be updated all the time. So how do you do that? Okay, the website changes every day because uh, on Friday I publish what to do this weekend. So a website is more alive. A book, let's be honest, it has to be on the shelf for at least two years. So you can make some money. Theoretically, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You look for things that hopefully will not close. Uh, So there are some... I hate to say institutions, but everybody knows about Radio City. Sure, not everybody knows about the backstage tour that you can go on in Radio City. So that's what I put in the book. Right. Because why do the obvious? Nobody's going to buy that. I noticed you didn't put anything about, uh, about the Statue of Liberty. There is something in the Statue of Liberty, yeah. Oh, there is? Okay. Oh, yeah. You missed it. I missed it, yeah. The French people gave us, meaning America, the, the statue, but not the base. So what I have in the book is one of this fabulous facts that the money for the base was raised by a prehistoric version of GoFundMe. And that was put together by a guy you might have heard of who published a newspaper. His name was Joseph Pulitzer. Oh, there you go. He was a prize. <laughs> Sorry, I have to say that, but I'm bummed. <laughs> Your book not only contains suggestions of places to go in the city, but tidbits of information about the Big Apple. Just like about the Statue of Liberty base. Exactly, right? which is, I think, so interesting when, those, when you do that. Those are the fabulous facts that people don't know. They're tidbits. That, yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Right, right. And, and I'm a journalist. I love those things. You're a teacher. You love those oh, things. Oh, I love history. Absolutely. So, for instance, you have several theories about how New York City became the Big Apple. It's really one theory with two versions of it. The people who worked at racetracks would feed horses apple, okay. apples, whether it was Saratoga or Belmont or wherever. If they got a job in a major racetrack, Kentucky Derby or something, they would call that the Big Apple. Oh. Because a little racetrack somewhere is a little apple. A big racetrack like Belmont or Saratoga would be the Big Apple. The other version of this is that musicians, primarily jazz musicians, would read the racing papers. And they caught this lingo. Of of the apple and the horses. Of the Big Apple. So they started calling jobs in New York the Big Apple as opposed to what I call East Cupcake because I don't want to insult any city or town. (laughs) Yeah, and the way I used to tell it when I was a tour guide is that, and and they called um, New Orleans the Big Easy. And the Big Easy. Yeah, sure, sure. And there's other little tidbits in in, um, Evelyn's book. 
we're giving them all away here. <laughs> I know. But that's what you no, do in just, an interview it's, like it's this. Just, right? <laughs> I'm always amazed. It's just when, a little tickle. When when authors get onto like you know WNYC and and they're ta- and then they they talk about the whole book and I go like okay now I don't have to read it. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. But no, there's a lot more there. There's, no, absolutely. We'll, we'll never get to everything that's that's there. Are these suggestions in 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 your book 100 things to do in New York City before you die? Are these aimed at Becky and me who live here and have been here for a long time? Or for outsiders who are coming in. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's what I would have said. Okay. Okay. Here's some places that I found in your book that I don't think we've ever been to. And I don't know why I've been putting them off. And so I thought maybe we could ask you about it. Sure. The first one I think is probably the most amazing, the way you describe it. And Toka Maria in Staten Island. It's interesting. A lot of them I chose were in Staten Island. So That is the least visited borough in New York City. I would think Bronx is the second least. Uh, When tourists come, they generally stay in Manhattan and they miss Brooklyn, Queens and also Bronx and uh, except if they're going to Yankee Stadium uh, and Staten Island. Uh, Enoteca Maria was just a little restaurant that somebody started and invited in some of the local the local grandmothers and Staten Island is also a very diverse community so these were not professional chefs. This was somebody's grandmother wow. cooking her food. So it would be a Filipino lady one day, somebody from Azerbaijan the next. I mean, whoever lived in Staten Island, this, this restaurant owner said, come on by and cook. And it, it's a marvelous little place. It became so, you can't get in. You need reservations 25 years ahead now. Wow. And oh, they, and now they have disappointed. Now, and they have now, well, the pandemic may have slowed it down. Um, the, they've also started a cooking school because wouldn't you like to learn Japanese cooking from a Japanese grandmother? And What a great idea. Polish cooking from a Polish grandmother. I wonder why it didn't take on to other places because it's... You know, years ago... Um, when my kids were little, there was a restaurant on the Upper West Side that we loved to go to. It was called Noodles. And you would order whatever kind of noodles you want with whatever kind of sauce you want. So it was perfect for the kids because they could put together these concoctions that, you know... A, a, Peanut butter and jelly and noodles. Something like that, <laughs> whatever it was. And, and the restaurant didn't last, and I thought... <laughs> If I were ever doing a restaurant, I might do a concept like that. I mean, yeah. it was multiple choice. Okay, another another one. I was and gonna. So I was gonna say though. Yeah. I think that our local um, pizza parlor. I think that grandmother cooks the sauces there. Yeah, well, the, she's there. The, uh, the one. There's um, a woman that's always there. She she's never ages. She's always looked old. And like, she looks like she's straight from Italy. Tilio's on Broadway. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. and she's always. They've been there. They've been there forever. I know, and she's been there forever. Yeah. And she never ages. She's just always old looking. <laughs> uh, that's that's a way of not aging, you know. Yeah. Um, now, Beck, this is one we've got to do. The number seven Subway Queens food crawl. Now, we've never done that. I invented it. Okay. I like Only it. Only because Queens is the most diverse borough of the city. Each subway stop tends to be a different national enclave so Astoria as we all know is is, was Greek so my suggestion is just to go to a different stop every weekend you know make it a 10 weekend 
excursion. Yep, we got to do this. Since, it doesn't it? It sounds great. And, Perfect. And just, and, uh, you know, find some local restaurant where there's, you know, a little old grandmother looking. Great idea. Making some kind of sauce. So you, will you suggest kind of like go to a particular stop on the 7th line in Queens, get out of the subway and just walk around exactly. and, and look for a... Explore. For an old woman cooking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's a whole bunch here. The Jacques Marseille Museum of Tibetan Art. That is another gem. Uh, Jacques Mar- Marche was an art collector in the 1920s. And this is the personal collection of, of that art collector in a... Uh, a structure that looks like a monastery, like, I'm sorry, a Buddhist temple. The Dalai Lama has visited that place. There's another story about Jacques Marche. She took the name Jacques because oh. in the 1920s, there was no respect for a woman art dealer. We got to go there um, on the on the 25 cent um, <laughs> boat ride. Museum at the Fashion Institute of Technology. Why it's free. Never- why we've never gone there, Beck? I don't, I don't That's know. That's another free museum. Lazy, Apollo guess. Theater. I've never been to the Apollo Theater. Right. 125th Street. I'm embarrassed. Yes. Heart, heart of Harlem. We should do that. Brooklyn Cyclones. Brooklyn. And there's, in, in Brooklyn, right? And, and there's see, another team in see, Staten Island. And there's a uh, Staten Island team. Yankees. Right. And, and that's walking distance from the, um, the, the Staten Island end of the ferry. Yeah. yeah I read that in your book. And then <laughs> the 9-11 Museum. I've never been, I've never been to it. I'm, the 9-11 Museum is tough. Yeah. The plaza is free, and that is, that's emotional. But it's outdoors, and it's park, and there's a lot of people around. The museum is... It's underground. It's underground. Uh, there's part, But it's, it's emotionally draining. It has to, you have to visit it. But you have to expect that you're going to walk out of there crying. That's why I haven't gone. Yeah. I mean, I realize now that when it first came out, I said, I can't go. 2021 is the 20th anniversary, and the museum is already gearing up with special programs. Yeah. So if you want to go, hurry up, because um, it will it will be kind of crowded um, in the month of September of its 20th. I'm sure, I'm sure. It's a beautiful museum. It's it's beautifully done. I, I got it. There's... A, story it's also it's in the book um, if we all lived through it boy did we boy did we so seeing seeing some of the artifacts seeing that that crushed uh, fire engine um, see you you relive it mm. but you know you realize how how lucky we are this many years later that we're we're still all around and and healthy yeah. uh, I was okay going through the museum until I saw a particular pair of shoes. It belonged to a friend of mine who at the time was the the news photographer for the New York Daily News. He nearly died that day. It's his dust-covered shoes that were there. When I saw those, I lost it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing it now. I mean, they're... And, and he is my... He is David Hanshu, H-A-N-D-S-H-U-H. He is still a photographer. He teaches uh, photography at one of our local colleges. He still publishes his photographs. Uh, his shoes are in the museum. 
Okay, on a lighter note, <laughs> when your family and friends from out of town visit, where do you tend to take them? They gotta go to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you actually? They go? gotta go to nine one one museum yeah. plaza yeah. um it you know it depends but this is their choices what do you it depends who's coming and for what i mean i mean i'm not going to drag friends with a two-year-old through 9-11 museum yeah. any kid says yes to the dinosaurs at, at museum of natural <laughs> history yeah. and the blue whale if it's a friend you want to go shopping sure let's go i'm going to uh refocus a little bit here on where we're sitting the upper west side because we all live here on the upper west side and as far as I know, it's the biggest neighborhood in the world. It's known for restaurants and bars and beautiful statues. We're sitting under the Joan of Arc statue uh, right now. New Yorkers love to go out for breakfast. Where do you like to go out for breakfast on the Upper West Side? There used to be a great, uh, I was going to say Popover Cafe, which isn't there anymore. Oh, we love unfortunately. that. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, oh, God. Well, how did, why did they leave? They had a great I, product. I, yeah, I think it was a... Um, well, it was next to Murray, the Sturgeon next King. Next to Murray's, the Sturgeon King, which is still there and is one of the great, you know, the, the, the great restaurants anywhere. Yeah. Sarah Beth's um, is, is great. There's, a, there's really not a whole lot of brunchy places around here. Not yeah. right now. Right. Not, right? Well, certainly not right. I know, but even before. No. Yeah. We used to go to a place called Happy Burger. On uh, right around the corner from where we live on 92nd Street. A million years ago. And it's like ago. they knew us, we knew them. Yep. You know, just how to make Becky's bacon. Yeah. And um, well, one of one of small the, businesses are go going away. Yeah, one of the wonders of of New York City is is that neighborhood feel where where the the shop owner knows you. Uh, I mean, I am the product of two retailers. My mother had a hat store on in Inwood, wow. and my father had a butcher store in Riverdale, and they knew their customers by first name. And I like to tell the story when I was a kid, and I would I would go into, you know, candy store with a couple of pennies, and the owner would say, "Does your mother know you are buying candy?" candy. And I would put it back and leave. <laughs> Everyone was a parent. Everyone it took was a village. A, yep, it was. It really was a village. Yeah. White talks about that, about how New York yep. was, was, was a village. In a way, we still are. I still come across people that I haven't seen for a while. They're just walking around the neighborhood. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you know. Um, we first met, Evelyn, you met Alan and Becky, when we were setting up on a park bench along the promenade above the Children's Hippo Park. And if you live on the Upper West Side, you all know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's resplendent with flowers, as as, oh. as the Upper West Side is, and as Central Park is, and as the West Side Garden and is. New York and, is absolutely in bloom right. in the spring. You're out for a walk. And so my question for you, what is your favorite walk when you take your afternoon walk in the Upper West Side? We, some friends and I usually do a power walk along the promenade because it's about a mile. Right. Uh, so... You know, that's a nice afternoon excursion and we catch up. But if I really want to walk, the other promenade north of, of where we are, from 96 to 125th, that's called, that's called Cherry Walk. That's really where most of the cherry trees are, but there's no, uh, there's no really escape. You're, in, you're on that path for two miles. Right. So you've got to be... 
committed. committed. Yeah. Because to get back up to the street, you have a you have a climb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any of uh, New York City has a the, the Greenway, which people many people don't know about, has now be compl- been completed. You can walk from Battery Park to Fort Tryon Park, which is up in Inwood, along the Hudson River. Underneath the uh, the bridge, underneath the George yep. Washington Bridge. Along the river. Yep. Or you can bike it, or you can rollerblade it, or you can roller skate it, and it's free. Yep. And it's open. Yep. And it's beautiful. And it's beautiful. And, you, and the other thing is the little the little red uh, lighthouse. The little red lighthouse. Yeah. Right. Is 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 underneath the George Washington Bridge. Yep. So you've written a book called Peaceful Places, New York City. Mm-hmm. Certainly, this is a peaceful place. Yep. And we're in the Joan of Arc it, Island. What is your go-to peaceful place in this boisterous city? I would probably say the courtyard of the cloisters which is where I grew up. Uh, the Cloisters is this medieval monastery at the top of the highest hill in Manhattan. It is going back to the 15th century. There are these marvelous courtyards there. Yep. And it's in New York City Park, so it's also free. It's amazing that we have this Cloisters that's within, if you ride a bike, you can bike there pretty pretty mm-hmm. easily. Yep. Um, or you take the subway, you get off at 190th Street, and there and you are. And there, and there you are. And there's gorgeous gardens there. There's the garden right up there at the cloister might, must be amazing right now. One of the gardens is planted with medieval uh, herbs and things cool. that you would... Nice. Which is similar to the Shakespeare Garden in Central Park, which is planted with things that... W- are mentioned in Shakespeare's with little signs that with the with the sonnets it, yeah, that it comes from. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is an amazing city. I mean. So you, what's my, your go-to place, honey? What's yeah, your, what's I, your, I, I was gonna say there's a rock above Bethesda Fountain that I like to sit on the rock and watch the people down below and have them watch them do their crazy stuff. I like I like sitting on the grass overlooking the sailing pond where they have the sailing mm-hmm. model boat I like that. I like that. Um, Statue, that place where they have the muse up in the up, uh, north end of the park. With the three muses. The three yeah. muses, right. that, mm-hmm. that particular. Right now it must mm-hmm. be gorgeous. Is, it's very the, peaceful. It yep. must be out. There's one that's not in your book and that I want you <laughs> to, the next I'll put edition, it in the next one. Right. On a bench on the lawn bowling green in Central Park. Okay. You did not mention the lawn bowling. And he's queen. very upset because he's a lawn bowler. I'm a lawn bowler. I was the president of the lawn bowling club. It was been there since 1927. 19, 19 never mind. 19 never mind. Evelyn, you gotta come. We're to the still lawn there. Okay. And you gotta put that in your next book. Okay. The New York lawn bowling club. Well, we'll do, we'll do uh, we'll do an update when the publisher tells me to. This okay. is the second edition, so well, we'll have a third. Um, might have to do a third. Right. The Peaceful Places book was um, all about parks and gardens and. There's amazing places. There is the uh, there's the place near the muses, the Magic Garden. I think it's called the Magic Garden, mm-hmm. where there's little statues of children playing yeah. in a fountain. Yeah. Uh, it's it's. And then there's, there's a French garden right next to it. There's also a, a basically secret garden behind secret garden. The, the Cathedral of Saint John the Divine. Where there are um, um, there are also statues. The birds, yeah. but the big birds with peacocks. the peacocks. Yep. Peacocks, yeah. that, are, yep. that are wandering around. I think around. there's a white one there too. Any things to do in places that to go to in New York City that you have discovered 
and you will soon discover, for example, the Lawn Bowling New York game. Lawn Bowling Club. Since this book was published, that will be included in the next book. Any previews? No. <laughs> You're tired. This book yeah. was a lot of work. Well, actually, we're, we're moving on to other things now, but uh, as soon as the publisher says, uh, you know, let's do the third edition, I will. You know, these were my picks. It's which of these 100 children of mine, which I have to give up for adoption oh, right. to make room to for a new one. It can't well, be 101. Well, there's more than 100 in, in here because yeah. uh, oh, the, yeah. the, obviously Katz's Jewish delicatessen is in here, but it's not the only deli. Right. So there's a, there's a separate page. I mean, the, Sammy's. The, the, and Sammy's and... and Ben's and, and a few others, right. uh, because it would hurt me to leave out some of these others. Okay, so we Similarly with the steakhouse, steakhouses, it's not just Peter Luger. There's a bunch of other good ones around. Yeah. But are they still? Do you know if they've all survived? Do you know the restaurants if they've all survived <sighs> the pandemic? That is one of the issues of putting putting choosing things to go into a book you have to be pretty sure something survived there was a there was a worry for a while that Peter Luger didn't wouldn't survive uh, some of the jazz places which I included in in the the and Harlem we, and we've been to many of them. yeah there was a worry that Birdland wouldn't survive they almost didn't uh, swing great. swing 46 with live music is back Apollo is not open yet for live theater Things are rolling out. We're we're doing this in yes. in, uh, in May in real time. Uh, in real time, yes. so uh, they might be open again. They might not. So maybe we can find out more about that stuff by going to your websites. NYC on the cheap. NYC on the cheap. Okay. And Echo Explorer. Very good. Okay. Very good. We want to Very thank nice. you, Evelyn Cantor, for joining us here on Bar Crawl thank Radio. Thank you. This has been fun. It has been enormous fun. It's like it's almost like we took a tour through New York in our in our in our brains. We got to do this the next time in a real bar instead of in a oh, park. Oh, please. And we're working. Idea. But now we're out on a park bench in a beautiful day. It's not bad. I'm Fine. drinking wine. No one else is drinking. So um, I'm at kind of my own bar. I wasn't offered any. I was going to. Do you want some? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give you I some as soon as I finish up here. E.B. White writes in his essay, Here is New York, that the citizens of this city belong to, quote, something unique, cosmopolitan, mighty, and unparalleled. If you live or visit this place and walk its streets and parks, play in its bars, partake in its varied entertainments, then you know that the truth of White's statement is evident. We are Bar Crawl Radio, and we exist in this city's bars and outdoor places. You can contact me, Rebecca McCain, and my partner, Alan Winson, at barcrawlradio at gmail.com.